Okay. So, um, what, what we wanted to do uh, last week, which Ivan did a fantastic job this week, and then the next two, maybe three weeks, is we wanted to spend uh, our teaching time, this important time, this part of our service, to casting vision, casting vision for the year ahead, casting vision for ourselves as to who we are, what we're made for, and where we're going. And I was so encouraged by those of you who came to pray. I was so encouraged by so many things that you wrote down, especially the things that you wrote down about what you had sensed God calling us as a people to. And again, I said, if there's time, I might read one or two, but we'll just see. It might be information overkill at that point. Um, but what I thought we would do this morning is talk about the need for vision. There's that really, really well-known proverb, isn't there, that says, without vision, the people perish. And it's important for those of us who are a part of our church that you know who we are, what we're made for, and where we're going. And I think we try and communicate vision well, but you might disagree. And I think that we often try and talk about, this is it, guys, this is it, this is what we're made for. And I could, here's a Northern Irishism coming, I could blether on for ages about all that stuff. But what I thought we would do this morning is, is hear from a number of different folks, different voices, different people who are a part of our church and have been for a while, to hear from them their perspective, their vision, based on our vision and our values as to what they sense God is at and God is on us to do in this year. So there's a number of folks. The first one, and by the way, they've been briefed with like three or four minutes and be kind to them, even if they're rubbish. Um, <laughs> but, you know, be kind to them, um, especially our first one. Uh, Stephen McCaffrey, why don't we welcome Stephen? Hello, um, I'm Stephen and together with my wife Jessica, we come to Vineyard. We've been here from the start. Um, I agreed to do this because I know that even when the preaching is not that good, you are a kind audience. <laughs> One nil. So, <laughs> Paul got in touch with a few of us on um, Thursday and said, would you talk about your vision for the church? And you've got three to four minutes. And then he sent an email through. And then I did all my prep. And then at 10 past 10 this morning, as Jess and I were fighting over our sliding wardrobe, um, she said, are you ready? Yes. What are you going to say? I'm going to say this. She went, is it not meant to be about Eurovision? So I said, well, we've 20 minutes to go. So what I've done is what I've done. So, <coughs> okay. So as I said, Paul sent through an email and... I couldn't make that much sense of it. So the start of the email said, what is the vision and values of our church? Connection with God, community with each other, and compassion for others. Then he put some sub points in. I'm just giving you background so you know where I'm coming from. <clears throat> I haven't got much substance. <laughs> so what is your experience at 
Carrickfergus Vineyard. Okay, so Paul says everyone gets to play. Now that is that is true, but I think it's a wee bit more than that. I think it's a wee bit like a credit card, in that you can make a minimum payment, but you don't get much out of it doing that way. And the more we put into this church, then the more we get out. I hope that's an okay analogy for you. Um, <clears throat> second point. Oh yeah, and the other thing is, I don't have very many practical skills, but I keep getting asked to do things. So it's clearly not about skill, it's about heart. So come on down, okay? Next point. What is it that God has been speaking to you about your role and place within Vineyard? So for me, it's about stepping out. So if you bear with me a second, I did a degree in psychology. So if you've got any psychology experience, please don't dispute this. This is definitely true. But I finished my degree 11 years ago and haven't used any of it since. So, as I said, we've been here from the start and the church was really small. And so when it's small, everyone has to play. But at the minute, it's getting big and big and it's easy to to step back and let other people do it. So let me briefly lecture you on an effect uh, in psychology known as the bystander effect, okay? So there's a lady in America and there was a block of flats and she was in the middle of the block of flats and she got stabbed and it was nighttime and she screamed out and all the lights turned on all around, all around, all the lights came on and the stabber ran off. All the lights turned back off again. Stabber came back out, had another couple of goes, screaming again, lights came on again, stabber ran away. The woman died and nobody phoned an ambulance because everyone thought someone else would do it. So I just think that's maybe a slight danger that as the church gets bigger and bigger and bigger, people will step back, okay? Is that all right? Was that psychologically right, or was that, anyway? So, how has this worked out? I don't really know what that question meant, but I think it's by me taking responsibility for what is placed on my heart by God. So, for me, that's being vulnerable, being available, and saying yes to things. And what do you sense God is doing in and amongst the people in our church? Well, I feel that God is stirring things up. I feel um, that there's... a momentum building in the church. Um, for me, um, I, just, I have a good friend Peter Thompson there and he works in the Blue Houses in Ballysill and I always think it's up on a hill and it's like a, a really positive beacon right up there and I really want our church to be that in, in Carrickfergus. That's what I want. I want us to reach people really practically, which is ironic because I'm the least practical person probably in the church. So that's me. Right, I'm Nathan, and I've been here from the very start. First service started off in my house with Hannah Shaw leading worship on the guitar, and Phil looking on, wishing he was like Hannah, um, with bacon buddies afterwards. But um, really, anyone who knows me well knows if you ask me to pick up a Bible and read a chapter, I'm going to struggle. But you tell me to listen to five worship albums, I'll have that done in a day. So my vision really for church is a growth of worship. As you can see, the band's got much bigger for anyone who's been here for a while. It's been growing, and it's going to continue to grow. And with worship, it's the intimate way to connect with God, and it is the key. And it is really important as a church that we grow in worship as a congregation and as a worship team. Um, Many of you know last year I was away to a worship school in England, which I'm going to again. So that kind of, as a young person, installs stuff in me that I'm able to bring in and help add to the worship team and then along with the knowledge and that Phil and Hannah have and the rest of the team have. Um, and also another vision for me is really the youth. 
last year the youth was eight or nine people, and but now we've grown to 18, 19 people every every Sunday night, which is great. And just because Andy Hard and Hannah and Laura and stuff, they've been great, and it's just great to see the growth and everything. It's, I just want to see it grow more. It's me. Sorry. That wasn't the order that we planned. Flipping heck. Well, I, I got Paul's email and I'd already planned it, so it might be wrong. But and Nathan just stole pretty much everything I was going to say. So, well, at least at least he's got at least he knows what he's he's listened well. He's yeah, someone's taught him well. So whenever someone asks me sort of you know what what's the vision or what where do you see yourself in a year's time, I I, I hate that question because I'm always just a bit like how the hell, how am I going to know what what could be doing in a year's time? Like you know, let's just see what happens. Let's just get there. So I don't really know. what... I have never really done a vision, you know, what's vision. So I kind of just thought, well, what, what do I think God's got for us this year? Um, so a couple of points. Um, I think we're going to see breakthrough in people's personal relationship with Jesus. Um, and so, so individuals in this church choosing to pursue um, uh, a relationship with Jesus and uh, just a real desire to know him more. Uh, and I think... As a church, we're going to move into a time, what Nathan mentioned, a time of intimacy, uh, deeper intimacy, um, and that's going to be reflected in our worship. Um, and just the realization that, that Jesus can satisfy our every need, um, and that, and just again, that just a desire to spend time in his presence, I think that's really going to grow this year. Um, deeper intimacy means vulnerability. Uh, so I think God's calling us this year to be vulnerable before him and to open our hearts up to him, to let him break down the walls that we put up uh, and the, the, the things that we put in, in, the, in the way of him uh, getting through to us and meeting with us. So I, th- so I think he's calling us to be vulnerable. Um, and again, it's going to be reflected in our times of worship together as we, um, as we come, come before him and, 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 and sing songs to him. Um, I'm talking about a lot of worship. Paul, Paul specifically said, can you talk about worship? So it's, I'm not just being biased. but um, <clears throat> So yeah, I do think this year God's going to stir up new passions in individuals in this church, um, and specifically a passion for worship, which sounds a bit strange. But I think, I think even there's people that have been coming here for, for years even, that they, they love God, they love family, they love church, they love community. But maybe that, the, the worship thing hasn't quite clicked for them yet, and, and they don't quite get why we why we spend so much time singing songs and and and, and worshiping God in that way and I think that this year that God's gonna really stir up a, a new passion in people that maybe haven't experienced that before um, so I'm excited about that um yep yeah, and Paul you said it earlier I was you know as we in the prayer at the end so as we spend time worshiping in God's presence you know we are transformed um, from the inside out and we become more like our father um, and, I, and I do think this year, as we gather together to worship um, on Sundays and in life groups and at, at Deeper on a Sunday night at 7.30 once a month, come along, uh, God, God's gonna really, really going to change our hearts and we're going to become more like him as individuals and as a, as a church community. Um, and then finally, not really vision, I kind of might be a little bit, but Nathan mentioned it, it's, it as we grow numerically, um, the church grows it's great that we've got new musicians and worshippers joining the team. And, you know, it's, it's exciting, you know, 
for us because we've gone from leading in Nathan's house with just an acoustic guitar, um, you know, to having you know a band, which is exciting for us and exciting for the church and exciting as we grow and 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 for that in worship we can be more creative and but but just to remember that it's not it's all about him it's all about God and 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 what what we do when we come and spend time is is we worship him. Um, and you know that that song, it's all about the bass, whatever. Like, it's not. It's definitely not all about the bass. But, no, you know, it's all about God. It's not about the drums. It's not about the electric guitar. They, they sound great, and they bring, bring things to it. But, you know, it's all about him. So I think we just need to remember that. Great. Uh, David, followed by Vanessa, would be great. Dave, David first, though. That would be good. Right up here. Anyway, um, I'm David, and I've been, well, Judith and I have been coming here for about a year and a half, maybe. Um, I'll confess, I never looked at your email. Because <laughs> 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 the last time he asked me to do something, he nearly killed me in the mornings. But anyway, um, no, I, I'm really going to just really say something about Christian values that Judith and I sort of promised we have two kids, Chloe and Max, and we, we decided that we needed a church that was feeding them. Um, because kids are a cycle, because you get so much, you learn so much from them. And we, we wanted that to encourage us as well. But um, they're like a sponge, because we have a saying in, church, in, in work, monkey see, monkey do. And if they see us being the Christians that we should be, regards to reading our Bible, praying, and so on, they're, only gonna, they're not going to know any different, and they're going to know that that's what God wants them to do. And we, Our vision is for our kids, in a selfish way, is for our kids to be more godly, better than us, better than what I can be, so I can teach, they can teach me. Um, and saying, I don't want to be lazy. Obviously, I need to do what God's will is. Um, being one of four, I'm the only Christian out of the four of us, but I know my parents taught us the right way. And one day, that the rest of them, I, I have a strong belief that they will be Christians too. And um, that's what I want, because I was watching the, uh, the Voice last night, and Will I Am likes his metaphors, so I'm going to use one now. And work we... Uh, I love caramel squares. I travel the world. I've been to America, everywhere to see a caramel square, and I always try and make the best one. But um, when we're, yes, I do, Steve, believe it or not. <laughs> but anyway, see if the mix isn't right at the start. It ain't going to be right at the end. And I know if we have it right at the start with our kids, and that's what the vineyard really thrives on, teaching our kids, I know that they're going to be right at the end. Thank you. Just to kind of follow on from that, that we place a large emphasis on our children. And uh, we, we, as parents, also just bowled over by the things that our children come and say to us about what they have experienced and what they're doing right now. And, uh, and that's absolutely fantastic. But I equally want to remind us as parents that ultimately we are the ones that are teaching them the most and should be. 
We are the ones that should be leading them to uh, relationship with Jesus. And just wanted to encourage you in that. This is Vanessa. Thank you. Um, I'm Vanessa and I come to Vineyard with Sophie. And um, the church we went to before we came to Vineyard, um, I never would have been standing here. And I never would have been doing kids' work as well. So just thank God that even the person that thinks they can't do a thing can, do, can get involved. And that's what I wanted to talk about, really, that God put in my heart, connect. And um, firstly, I want to say it's brilliant that now we have Jillian as a kids pastor and she just gives us all as leaders that we extra support. And also it shows how much our church values our own kids by having that in place. Um, and one thing that God spoke to me about is everyone gets to play. And for me, that is so much more about the kids. The church we went to before, there was a crash and you stuffed your kids through the door and that was it. It's not like that here, you know. In fact, our children are full members of our church. And to me, that's what it's about. What we're learning in here in this room, they're learning in their own wee rooms. And also it's about connection. And it's about our children actually connect with God. And what more could we want than that? And we all learn from that. And us as human beings, there's lots of um, articles at the moment about connection or disconnect and people feeling very isolated. And um, I can't think of anything better a start in our, for our children's lives than to actually connect with God directly. And also I've put that they talk to God just like we talk to each other. And to me, that's a lesson I wish I had learned as a child. And also the amount, I don't know what your children say to you, but I know what Sophie, who talks an awful lot, and, um, and what she says to myself and Stuart, and we are learning from the children, and I'd always said, out of the mouth of babes, and I think anybody here who is a parent or a grandparent, you know, our children are inspirational, and we want to continue. For me, that's our vision, is that our children continue to inspire us. They continue to connect with God on a daily basis. And um, some of the things we've been doing with the kids is about, say, for instance, Samuel and Eli. And to me, it's brilliant that they see in the Bible that God doesn't say, oh, you're too young. I'm not bothered speaking to you. You know, that it's direct and it's straight there. And we're showing from the Bible what our God can do. And then the, the kids are experiencing it and they're sharing it. They're taking it one step further. And sometimes we as the adults are a wee bit behind. So that was the wee bit about kids because uh, Paul gave me tea. And also he left me to the end because he knew that sometimes I'm not here at half 10 on the dot. <laughs> so the other thing was compassion and community. And I don't know if you know what I do during the day, but at the moment I'm covering neighborhood renewal in Rathcool, so I'm out with community groups. So community's my thing, it's my passion. And really, um, the thing about Vineyard is it's a place of hope. And I thought, well, what does that mean? That means when you're at the end of your tether, that God just puts his arms around you and he opens the door. And we do that for members of our community through the food bank. When you're hungry, he gives us food. Through the mother's bags, you know, at the end of the day, I personally know what that's like, not to have things in place that you should have, and circumstances come along and completely change things. And for me, that's what our church does. It just reaches out the open arms and reaching out. So whatever situation you're in, whether you just need someone to talk to, and then you go to rest. And for us as well, looking at the cap Christmas tree, if you have nothing 
to give your kids, then our church provides you with presents. And to me, that's what, it, what community is about. It's about meeting the need on, and actually making the gospel come to life. And for me, that's what it's about. And um, I just continue to, my vision was the open arms and the reaching out that we as a church would continue to reach out and we would look for ways to continue to reach out to people in Carrick. And it's not about, there was a, a thing during the week at the prayer thing, and it was about, um, you know, Jesus came for the sinners. He didn't come for the people that are sitting in a church already. He came for the people outside. And for me, that's what I think our vision of um, Carrick Vineyard is about. It's about us opening the doors and getting to people where they're at. And one example for me is the Easter egg hunt because I've invited so many mummies and their kids to come for that. And they would never come to the, the church but they come every year now, year on year, to the Easter egg hunt. And to me, that's, that's what church is about. It's about being where the people and the community are at. I'll try and be quick, but I've written loads of stuff down. I'll speak fast. Um, after Christmas, um, I was at a Thanksgiving service for Craig Hunter, um, Simon's brother, who passed away suddenly at the age of 30, just before Christmas. And it was such a moving experience. Obviously, it was so devastating for their family, and they miss him so much. But I, God just really spoke to me through that service, because I didn't know Craig very well. I'd only met him once, really. But I could tell from everything that was said at that service what M. Simon and his mum and Craig's wife Connie shared and what the minister shared, that Craig was someone who had a real passion for God. He knew what he believed and he had a vision for his life and he lived it to the full and he impacted many people. And um, his minister, John Dickinson, said this thing. He said, we're going to miss Craig so much because he was so annoying. And I thought, what? And it, he said, it's because he always asked the right question at the right time. He was so insightful. He was looking for what God was doing. And then he spoke that out. And it sounded like he just really impacted so many people in his family and his church. And Paul and I came away and thought, if... Whenever we go, we want a service like that where people say about us, that person had a vision for their life, they had a passion for Jesus, and they lived it out 100%. So um, that caused me to really think about, well, what is my vision for the year ahead for me as a person and for our church? And one of the things I really thought was, I want to live intentionally. I want to seek God in my life. I want to say to him, God, what is it you want me to do? And I want to live purposefully the way that I feel like what I learned from that short service that Craig lived. And part of what that looks like for me is a little bit what some of the others have shared. I want our church to grow. I want this hall to be too full. And that's not because I want to say, hey, look at me, I'm part of a big church, because actually that's a wee bit scary when you're the pastor. But because if we grow, that means that more lives are being changed. Um, if we grow, that means more people have come into the kingdom of God. And I want to see more new believers. I want to see more prodigals come back to God. And, you know, that's not going to happen if we don't 
if we're not part of it, everybody gets to play, right? And if we're not investing time with people, if we're not inviting them to things like Vanessa inviting her friends to the East, also have to live openly, and some of the others have touched on this. You know, someone said to me last week when we were standing in the hallway, this is a really special place. And as much as Carrick College is a good school, I'm not sure they were talking about Carrick College. They were talking about Carrick Vineyard, and that's us, that's the people. And this place is special because people do love and care for one another. Like Ivan said last week, imagine a church where people ask you how you are and they really want to know the answer. I think that happens here. And we need to live openly with one another in the ups and downs of life. Make friends, be hospitable, be open with your lives. Like it says in Matthew 5, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So this is a special place here because we want to live openly to God and openly to one another. And Phil said it and Nathan said it about worship. Part of that is being open to God in worship. You know, when we were singing those songs this morning, it's not just music, it's not just singing songs, it's being in the presence of God. And when we come into God's presence, he changes us. So my vision is for us to live more openly to God and more openly to one another. And part of the reason why I want this church to grow is because last year, different people came to me or Paul and just spoke about what God had done in their lives through coming here, how he changed things. And sometimes that was months after the thing had happened, but they were just ready to share then. They were just ready to tell. And I just love hearing those stories. And this year I want to hear more stories and I want to have more stories to tell as well for myself. I have to live intentionally and openly so I have more stories to share. You know, I have friends who don't come to this church. Am I inviting them? Am I praying for them? Am I investing? and in their lives so I long for all of us to do that together so we've got more and more stories to tell stories of transformation and we're only going to see this happen if we give it away so part of my vision for 2015 is to live generously we have to look for opportunities to share what God's given us the life and hope that Jesus gives and to welcome others in living generously and to be frank includes our money you know, if we want our church to grow, that is actually going to cost money. It's going to mean more cups of coffee. It's going to mean we need more pastors, more kids pastors, more youth pastors. Everything like that does cost money. So I think this year God's also calling us to live generously. And for some of us, that means thinking about what we give to him through the church. You know, are we honoring him with our best or are we just giving him what's the leftovers? And some of us here have been meaning to do something about that for ages but not got round to it. And I just really encourage you, don't go to the end of 2015 and go, oh yeah, I meant to sort that out and I didn't do it. Live generously as well. And lastly, if we're going to live intentionally, if we're going to live openly and we're going to live generously, one thing we're going to have to do to do all of that is live courageously. So you're going to need to be courageous in 2015 if you're going to say to God, okay, I'm going to switch things around and think about my money and what I give to you first rather than everything else. That involves trust and that involves trusting God with our money. 
we're going to have to live courageously to walk in here on a Sunday morning and say, okay, God, whatever you want, I'm going to be open to you in worship. I'm not going to care about who's standing beside me. I'm just going to abandon myself to you. And that also involves trusting God with our whole lives. You're going to be need, need to be courageous this year to walk out of here on a Sunday morning and say, okay, God, what I've received, I'm going to give it away at the school gate, in my home, in my school, in my workplace, in my university. I want to see where you're at work and I want to join in. I'm going to live intentionally. That involves a lot of trust and trust in God completely. Um, last year, a load of us women went to the women's conference at Causeway Coast and We've been singing the song in church, You Make Me Brave. It was all about being brave. And there's a lot of song about water and oceans, isn't there? Because another one is Oceans Rise. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown. And, and I was thinking about that yesterday. Like if I'm standing in the ocean and the ocean starts to rise, that's actually pretty scary that water's getting higher and higher. But it's God who makes us brave. We need to trust him. We need to trust who he is and that he is the best for us. And so my vision for 2015 for me and for us is to live intentionally, live openly, live generously and courageously. And I just want to ask if you're up for that and what does that look like for you? Super. Um, you can clap to that if you want. Hey. That's brilliant. Guys, from us to you, we love you. We love this church. We love what God is doing in us and through us. It is just a joy. And we're inviting you. Are you up for it? You know, are you up for another year of just going for it? Are you up for another year of laying down in our lives and being courageous and being generous and doing this thing together? We, we love it that we're... We're just rallying the cry of saying, come on, guys, let's, let's join together as one, as one people as we do this. We're running out of time. Um, let's stand together. We're going to finish as we worship him some more.